Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. It must be annihilated. Send Rick and Daddy on war rocket Ajax. In 2013, Ming the Merciless, ruler of the known universe, declares the Earth to immediate termination. To accomplish this awesome decree, Rick and Danny are dispatched to the planet on War Rocket Ajax. The two encountered something they never thought they'd find, though. Movies. Stalled in their given task, Rick and Denny comb the movies of the Earth, sending reports of their greatness back to Mungo in what is now called the Hail Ming Power Hour. Welcome back to the Hail Ming Power Hour, where we talk to you about movies that we like and why we like them and why you should like them and check them out. Uh, every time we bring you one of these, it's a you, it's a distinct pleasure to uh, to be able to impart to you the knowledge that we have gleaned over years and years of movie watching, movie enjoying and not movie making. Right, Rick? All I got to say is we got some hats now. <laughs> That's right. We're the Hat Patrol. Wearing head apparel. Head apparel. Yeah, man. This is going to be a good one. Head apparel. Uh, I, I, this is probably a shock to most of y'all that listen to the show because this is something current. But, uh, you know, we kind of want to dabble into that. There's some cool stuff going on. We want to kind of tap into that. We want to tap that and bring it to you. That's right. We <laughs> we like movies, and it's not just movies from our childhood or our past or your past or John Carpenter's past. They're movies from everyone's future. <laughs> Because now we're doing future movies. Movies about the future, from the future, by the future. Yeah. Movies that you don't like How in the future. Or the maybe, future. Maybe you do like them in the future. I don't know. This week on Helming Power Hour, we're going to bring to you a recent movie that we both really enjoyed. And we wanted to talk about uh, the reasons that you should watch it so that we can all share the love for Suicide Squad 2021. James yeah. Gunn's masterpiece of recent superhero cinema. Is it a masterpiece? Probably not. <laughs> it's a master <laughs> and it's a piece. Is it a masterpiece? We'll find out. That's why we're here to talk about it. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back, people. Ah! The Ming Power Hour is brought to you by Numb Nuts. The nummiest nuts you've ever popped into your mouth. And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming!
Hello? Hello. Who is this? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Um, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait. Don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn? You're making popcorn. Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn when I listen to podcasts. I'm about to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? Which one? Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Dan and Gav, yeah. That podcast was scary, I liked it. Most episodes they look at two different horror movies. Each episode they look at a world of a strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Hmm. Do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. So where can I find the podcast on Haunted Hill? Well, you can go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook... Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? Um. Alright everybody, welcome back, and we are going to jump right into Suicide Squad, the newest version from James Gunn. It, it really feels like DC kind of got one right here, but I don't want to get too far into that, because we're going to screw the story up anyway, so... We've got a synopsis to tell us all about it. You ready for this, Danny? Oh, good. I don't think so. <laughs> Here we go. I think this is, uh, if I'm correct, this is Christian Slater. Hello, everyone. I'm Christian Slater. You may recognize me from such blockbuster movies as Young Guns 2, Heathers, and uh, Hollow Man 2. Yeah, that was a good one. I was good in that. Anyway, the wonderful folks at the Hailming Power Hour have asked yours truly to give a synopsis to the Suicide Squad. Uh, you know, it's only appropriate that they give me the synopsis or the chance to give all you people the synopsis. After all, you know, I was dead shot in the animated series. Well, I voice acted anyway. Anyway. Where was I? Oh, yes. Uh, I was in Hollow Man 2. It was a great experience. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get a lot of screen time, as you can imagine. Anyway, no, we're talking about the Suicide Squad, right? All right, so um, it's about this group of villains who, um, well, there's, there's a lot of them, right? Uh, I, I don't remember all their names. I just know one of them's not named Deadshot because he didn't include me in it. I mean, just... It, did someone else come in the room? Ah, it's just me. You're screwing up the synopsis. Arnold, what are you doing in here? Did someone forget to lock the door? Nah, no, nah, listen. Suicide Squad. I, I saw it. They saw the trailer. I know everything about it. Oh, well, fine. Give it a try. Okay. So you've got the, the bad guys. Okay. Yeah, you know, I've never played the bad guy. Well, I did play the Terminator. You know the Terminator. Yeah, I know the Terminator. Anyway, I made the jacket look better than you did. Ah, yeah, that's what you think. I got one question for you, but it's kind of stupid. There are no stupid questions. Ah, you afraid of the dark? <laughs> anyway, Suicide Squad is just some bad guys who are hired to do good things, right? And uh, it's rated R, just like Conan, the first one, not like the Momoa one. Ah, I was better. 
Alright, are you gonna finish this synopsis or what? You know, we're talking about the Suicide Squad. Duh. So it's the Suicide Squad? Ah, oh, man. Someone locked that door. Sly, what are you doing? I'm good. I was in Suicide Squad. Uh, okay, I played King Shark. I did the, I did the voice. Ah, does voice acting even count as acting? Look, man, yes, it does. Now we're trying to give a synopsis here. Actually, while you're here, Sly, I got to talk to you about Expendables 4. You know, I was in Broken Arrow, right? I'm an action hero, man. I was in Hard Rain, a true romance. You got to give me a shot. The uh, call my uh, agent. Uh, anyway, Suicide Squad is great. I I play a big shark guy with a good voice, uh, and we do uh, we're bad guys who do good things. Uh, there's lots of Easter eggs, and uh, ah, you're talking too much now already. This this opening is going too long. Uh, okay, uh, here you go. Here you go. You got bad people who are hired to do good things. Otherwise, their heads explode. Okay, and gory, massive blood shooting out. And it stars that uh, girl from the, the Wolf of of, of uh, uh, Elm Street or whatever it is. And she's in here playing that uh, Anthony <laughs> Quinn. No, not Anthony Quinn. Harley Quinn. You can't even get it right. I, oh, man, guys, I am so sorry that this is just so messed up. Um, Suicide squads directed by james gunn and yeah it's in the dcu it's got a lot of cool stuff going on in it there's explosions uh no michael bay explosions and yeah there's also a big starfish ah, starfish did you say starfish i fought the starfish once you didn't fight a starfish man you fired a... ah, anyway take it away guys <laughs> I, I think we're done here. It was extra long, but yeah. it had it had it had a lot going on in it, and there were a lot of celebrities there. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's that's from our good buddy Mark over at the Spoiler Room podcast, which you heard his advertisement nice. early on. I reached out to him, and wow, I mean, uh, hey man, you want to do a synopsis? And this is what we got. <laughs> so awesome job! Like I said, that's it, folks. We're done. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> and you, you can't argue with it. I mean, one of the people in the movie has already right. spoken on it. Yeah. So I don't know what else we can give you. Let's rock and roll, man. What's your number one reason to watch Suicide Squad? Tell you right now, there are a lot of reasons you could watch it. I mean, Michael Rooker makes an appearance. Uh, Margot Robbie's fantastic. It's got great actors. It's got a, a it's got a really interesting story and a lot of uh, real good action. But the one thing that ties the whole movie together that I realized last night on a rewatch is the score by John Murphy. I mean, the the soundtrack is great. The songs that they picked are, are quirky and, and fun. And they, yeah. they they bring it into more of a contemporary state by being, you know, indie rock and, and all mixed with classic rock um, that John that James Gunn does really well. But then I noticed that the score, you know, just like Alan Silvestri did the score for um, for the Avengers it doesn't overpower the story. It adds to it. And John Murphy does it so well with those heavy guitar riffs. Um, just, just the action and all the way to the end, there's the, there's the, the rat catcher ending yeah. that um, I was listening to that music. And I said, you know, this is John Murphy too. He has a real distinct sound kind of like, you know, uh, like Danny Elfman does, but, but he's, he's really started to range out. And, and I really enjoyed the, the addition of that music to the, the, 
the overall story. I, I think it wouldn't have been as good if they hadn't uh, had a composer of his of his caliber doing that. that totally music. agree. Totally agree. I, and that's I've got it in my notes as well. But what you said, I mean, what what he does so well is taking songs and making them a part of a visual history that will forever be in your mind. You can't hear Mr. Blue Sky anymore and not visualize Groot dancing around. And there's scenes in this movie that are just as powerful where the use of song just really drives that home. It's, it's, he's great at it. Great at it. Yeah. I mean, and and it's just one of those things of finding someone who's really competent and adding their talent to, to a movie instead of trying to overpower it. And again, you know, just like that score doesn't overpower the scenes it's in, it, it extends them. It's the same with, uh, with James Gunn. You know, he doesn't overpower with a style he just he knows where to give people the right playground. Right, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here. I've got this one kind of ties in together. I've got two I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> the first thing for me, what I saw is this is a hell mean type movie. If you and I were at work one day and we grabbed this on videotape and went to my house at lunch eating a monster from Hardy's. A monster, you want a monster, monster burger. <laughs> yeah. You and me and Mark would be sitting there watching this movie and we would have absolutely loved this movie because it just has enough craziness, quirkiness, goriness. I don't know. It, it, it's a movie that would have satisfied us back in the day. With that being said, this movie, my number one reason is this is a modern day escape from New York. It is. Yeah. I mean... It's got the same convention for the characters. They they are they are under pain of death. They have a task they have to achieve for some people who don't give a rat's ass about them. Right. And yeah, yeah, it's absolutely escaped from New York, just like right. the first one was. Maybe even more the first one was, but this one was just executed better. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this, you know, the whole idea of even implanting the thing in the neck so it blows up if you get off task. The whole fact of the idea of we are running around to find a hard drive versus a cassette, right? You know, it, it, it's 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 the same story, uh, just with uh, a big kaiju at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Every time I watched it, I liked it more. So yeah. I'm going to urge you out there if you've only watched it once and you said, "Yeah, it was okay." Give it another try because yeah. the the story the the plot is 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 twisty enough mm-hmm. that on the second watch it's better than the first at least it was for me yeah totally agree all right so that's it for me it's it's a an escape from New York modern day version and it's just a a movie that we would have went on about and let Charles watch <laughs> when we got done with it <laughs> <laughs> what you got man. Oh, right. Well, my, my next, uh, and I, you know, I'm going to try not to compare it to the first one. I'm just going to yeah. give it its own merits. I'm going to say the characters in it are very human. They're, they're, they're enjoyable to watch because you actually care about them. And the ones you don't care about, it's kind of as James Gunn did, did a little bait and switch where he gave you a team that you weren't sure you, how you felt about and then executed most of them. And then he gave you a team that you did care about. And, uh, and it kind of invested you emotionally. And it also, you know, it, the, the timing of the movie mm-hmm. was, was such that it, that it accentuated that. And, and so I'm going to say the, the villains are heroic. You know, you can kind of see their heart of gold in, in some certain key points that makes it really easy to get emotionally invested in the movie. 
right? I think that was the problem with the first one. I mean, there was the excitement of it, but the excitement was really about the fact of Harlequin and a new Joker of some sort. And I think that really, right. I don't know, here you get more personality. I, I know there's going to be a lot of people that don't like this version because it is too fun, right? It's it's fun like a Marvel flick. So if you're a fan of the the, the, the dark and brooding DC stuff, this is a change. It's still as gory as anything, man, but I think it just oh, makes yeah. it more fun. And for me, DC's finally gotten one right, and I'm just going to leave it there because I know there's going to be people that hate it because of that fact. But for me, it just works. It, it makes it more palatable, and I'm not sitting there going, you know. I agree. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're emotionally invested in the characters. Yeah. And, and yeah, to your point, a lot of DC movies, they, they take these tentpole characters that hold the whole universe up, and you really don't feel like you have anything in common with them because they are – they're so far above you. Um, you know, their, their trials and tribulations are so um, impossible to empathize with. Right. That it, it's hard to enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. And, and even and Christopher Reeve took, took Superman and, and made him into something that you could, you, to someone you could enjoy watching because right. he, he made him a nice guy. Speaking of which, piggybacking off of what you just said, of my second, the second reason I've got is... And I've got it right here. We just talked about it, but the breaking the routine of DC taking themselves so seriously. This this allows you to accept a set of ridiculous possibilities. Uh, yeah, man, it just it just makes it fun. Talking about the characters you care about. How about that opening setup of the first task team that we get to see? Uh, the second setup of the actual team is just as ridiculous. But come on, man, how can you not love? TDK, <laughs> the weasel, uh, you know, you got Savant. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, you almost wish this team was happening before and you could see more. <laughs> but uh, come on, man. With TDK, <laughs> the detachable kid, when, when his arms come off and they go over and start slapping those arms, those military guys. <laughs> I, I had a conversation with somebody just not too long ago about it. If you had the power of the detachable kid, wouldn't it have been better to like send your arm over there to like pull a grenade pin or something like and then and then run it back to you? Like, I guess it would blow your arm up, but like, like send it over there while you stand in, stand it in the middle of the thing. Like this. That's what's so funny about it. Is he's still controlling them by like where his arms would be. So, you know, how much control yeah. you got if you're just going to slap people, you know? But yeah, I, I, I feel for a flag, too, because, you know, he got sent in with that team. Oh. And that's um, that's Nathan Fillion, man. I mean, yeah. we got to hang out with the dude for a few seconds, and I mean, such a cool guy. And uh, you know, how weird. <laughs> yeah, he he knows where his fans are, and 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 yeah. I I don't think he minds not being taken too seriously and getting an opportunity to do something just just ridiculous because yeah. they're asking him, TDK, what does that stand for? And he's like, uh, it's my name. <laughs> how about the whole? Is is this a dog? Yeah, I think it's an Afghan hound. <laughs> well, I think it's a werewolf. <laughs> well, that's where that's where Captain Boomerang gets a chance to shine because uh, his. Sadly, a spoiler alert. I, I hope you're not watching this, hoping we're not going to give you spoilers because we, we're going to have to. Yeah. Um, 
Captain Boomerang doesn't make it past the first <laughs> encounter. So all of his time is spent in the uh, in the, the the carrier on the way over there, kind of cracking wise with everybody. And he's like, "What kind of dog has thumbs?" Well, <laughs> <laughs> when the guy has some TDKs, that you know, this was who I am. Like, so your name is Letters. He's like, "All names are letters." <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just some silliness, man. Yeah, yeah and you, you kind of like them, but you don't mind when when they all just get blowed up. A mongal, <laughs> like, mongal. I'll take the chopper. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I mean, that, she, that whole bloodbath at the beginning is just uh, is. Oh man, it's hard. J- javelin. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. It was so much fun. And I, again, like I said, this would be something we would have watched on repeat back in the day. No doubt about it. <laughs> All right, man. What you got? All right, I'm gonna say in in typical comic book form, as well as as an Edgar Wright kind of thing. I liked how the the chapters of the story were were laid out in graphics. You know, yeah. like the beginning of a comic book. You know, they're they're written on the beach, or or they yeah. they they pull out in somebody's blood, you know, or they or the the fire. You know, several times throughout the movie that when the when the, the story's about to move to the next phase. It gives you the next chapter of the story in, in some in some really cool graphic that ties right into the next scene. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I, I actually have that on my list, too. The, those transitions are just fantastic. You know, it's taken... It's actually doing a lot better than what Marvel did. Marvel just does the giant text transition, you know? Right. Boston... Haiti, you know. Right, right. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, heaven forbid it's out in the galaxy somewhere, because then it's got to be like, you know, Titan. It's got to tell you where it is in the universe, because, you know, otherwise it's just like, that's another planet. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't like know Morag. you're in space. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think this this is a a new set of, of a trend that I think should be used more often, because they were really clever. Uh, well, and it really, really made me think of Edgar Wright, you know, of like uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yep. It's the same kind of like seamless transition from from special effect into story that that um that he does so well. And uh, if James Gunn was taking notes and he did it, I, I think that Edgar Wright would be happy with that because I I like them both. So I can't imagine that they wouldn't steal from each other and make a better movie. Right. Cool. Next, I've got. I mean, this is I'm going pretty much straight down the list here, but <laughs> there's so many scenes. That are just great. And the briefing of the Suicide Squad, <laughs> it's just great, man. Where they're telling them they got the slideshow and they're telling them to, and any questions? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> it's an overhead projector. Well, do you not use it? No. Then what do you keep it for? I mean, <laughs> all that scene, man, is just showing you how <laughs> disconnected this team is. Uh, and it's on purpose. I mean, that's again, that's what we're talking about, right? The Suicide yeah. Squad, because it's a ragtag of Motley Crew that just don't belong together, but somehow they make it work. And like you said earlier, you end up caring for these people because of either their stupidity or just just the personality in general, which we'll get some of the right. personalities in a little bit. <laughs> but I, oh, just, and, I, I love that briefing scene. And, and you know, the, 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 the briefing scene, you know, you point out that 
uh, what pacemaker is, uh, <laughs> is, is an overachiever with no idea of what's really going on. And, uh, and blood sports, just like I'm walking into a suicide mission because of these people. And, and, uh, King shark doesn't really know what's going on. Rat catcher, man. I love rat catcher. The, rat, the, catcher the more, two. <laughs> rat catcher two. Oh, you couldn't get rat catcher one. Well, he's, he's dead. You know? <laughs> like, uh, but, so, hey, let's share the story right fast. So, right down from where I lived when we worked together, there was a place called Rice Bowl 2. <laughs> What's Rice Bowl 2? The sequel to Rice Bowl. Who knows where Rice Bowl was, but we uh, <laughs> we ate a lot at Rice Bowl 2. <laughs> I don't think it's still there, sadly, but I think there's a Thai Phuket over there, which <laughs> is great in a different way. It's just as crazy, but yeah. Because Ty Fuket, you can count on my stool. <laughs> is that is that the only soundbite we have now? That's it. We're going to use it for everything. <laughs> That's awesome. Till we can come up with some other ones, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if anyone has any suggestions, you can keep them to yourself. Filming. Um, <laughs> And uh, okay, so my next reason, and, and all these are just reasons that as you're watching it, you're going to say, but you know, because Weasel can't swim. <laughs> so, so you know, the badass music comes in. You know, everybody's ejecting for their for their their super mission. You know, and and they they kick Weasel out the door. He doesn't want to go. They kick Weasel out the door, and he's just a Weasel man, y'all. I mean, like he can't talk. <laughs> And, and he just starts flailing in the water because because he can't swim, <laughs> and he drowns. <laughs> yeah, Savant dives under and gets him and drags him up on the shore. He said, "The weasel is dead." I repeat, the weasel is dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, uh, the setup of these characters. And I'm sure, again, I know that there's going to be people that just absolutely hate it because it does feel like what they did with the Marvel stuff. But I'm sorry. I I, I, <laughs> I just had a blast with it. And <laughs> the first time I watched it, I thought it was watchable. But I, I remember thinking, I'm not going to be able to watch this a second time. And then I did watch it a second time, and I realized yeah. that it gets better every time. Right. Yeah, once, once you set some things aside... And you just let the story roll. You find out that it's very, very good storytelling as far as keeping things moving because you're introducing so many characters and it's just yeah. stop. And it's it is not a simple plot either. No, like, it's crazy. But there's no there's no good and bad. Everybody in it, it has blood on their hands. Everybody. Right. right. And, and again, that's that's that D.C. side. Right. That right. gives you that. You know, even though the government is forcing us into here, the government's got their hands in it as well. So, you know, I I love that they kind of keep that in place because it does differentiate between Marvel yeah. and DC. Uh, I mean, DC points out badness in in the authorities as well, but this is more seedy. I think what they did, what they did a good job of here in in that in that vein, is they managed to make sure that the bad guys were so much worse yeah. than the characters you were supposed to care about that it wasn't hard to care about those characters because part of, part of the DC problem has been like, you know, these heroes are kind of unlikable too. Right. And the villains are almost 
they're not even a modicum less likable yeah. than the yeah. heroes. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, I, I feel the same way because it's so different when you feel invested in what's going on versus, like I said, looking at your watch going, all right, here's another CGI fight, right? And uh, Right. But yeah, just like these things are bringing up. But my next one kind of ties into what you're saying because you brought up the weasel. But basically, <laughs> the weasel man- is dead. <laughs> I repeat, the weasel is dead. <laughs> I said that the peace- peacemaker has a personality of the tick because he's kind of got that. Oh yeah, you know yeah, and it, I just every time he would talk because he wouldn't get the humor or the sarcasm when people were talking. He took everything literally. And he's great at it. I, I I remember walking into this thinking, I'm not going to like Cena in this because I'm just not a fan anyways. He was fantastic because he played it just right. But I, I agree. I mean, the Peacemaker, I don't like the Peacemaker, but you're not supposed to. Right. And it makes it hard for me to even enjoy him on the screen because he ends up being such, he ends up being such a douchebag by the end of this whole thing that maybe- I can't even go back and watch it and like him. And maybe that's why, because, you know, they give you that beginning where you're kind of like, eh, this guy, I don't care for. Well, there's a reason why. Right. So, you know, there's a reason he was put there. Right. You know, and I've been seeing, you know, I I don't click on clickbait really, um, but but I've been seeing a lot of uh, articles about it. And one of them I saw was um, Blackguard, who was uh, Pete Davidson character. He was he was kind of a gun toting uh, mercenary type guy was Waller's original plan. Like he had been in contact with the Contras there and he was like going to defect so that he could get out of prison. No one, he had a bomb in his, in his, in his spine or whatever, but right. he was going to ruin that first one. So they were sure to fail while the real team was a beach over, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I'm not going to bother explaining the plot because like I said, we don't do spoilers and we're not doing the whole plot synopsis. We're just telling you the stuff about the movie that we love. Right. Speaking of which, <laughs> talk about spoilers. Did you watch the after credits? Yes. Okay. All right. I don't know if you saw that or not. So yeah, setting it up in I hate to say it, setting it up in Marvel style. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, you know, if it works, yeah, there's nothing wrong with 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 taking what works and using it. I mean, I, yep. I've yep. never been uh, against uh, a filmmaker learning from another one. Hey, whitey tidies. Now, that's just racist. No, that's just racist. <laughs> He's standing in the middle of a jungle in, in some in some Hanes briefs. And nothing else. I mean, <laughs> that's just hilarious. They're going to sleep out in the middle of a jungle. Everybody else has got their full gear on and everything in case of an attack. <laughs> he stripped down to his skivvies. <laughs> it, and it's just like Peacemaker and everything else. It's like, that's bedtime? Okay. I sleep in my underwear. Time to strip down. You know, like... Oh. <laughs> it, and rat catchers sleeping through uh, King Shark almost eating her. You know, it's just it, it's good stuff, man. Like he's picked her up like a hoagie, <laughs> hold her in the air, like you gonna just shove her whole body down his throat. <laughs> uh, All right, which, will, oh, go ahead. So, which, so my my next reason is gonna come from uh, I'm gonna out myself as a fanboy from a long time ago. You know, I I was in high school in '91 when. Uh, Batman the Animated Series came out. I'm going to take you on a little journey here. So the soap opera General Hospital had a character named Calliope who was played by an actress named Arlene Sorkin who ended up being really good friends 
with Paul Dini, who wrote all of the Batman animated series. She went to him for a voice acting gig and ended up voicing Harley Quinn as just a henchman for the Joker. But she was so popular, they kept bringing her back. And there's there's the the point that I got introduced to her, and she's always been a really fun addition to the DC universe. And Margot Robbie plays her fantastically. I I, I read an interview not too long ago that said she wasn't going to play the character anymore. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know the validity of it. I mean, I I can imagine it's probably a twofold reason. One is she probably wants to not be typecast, and two is probably if Warner Brothers is going to keep releasing all their movies simultaneously as a streaming movie and in the theater, their actors are going to start not really getting paid as well as other studios actors. So she might be trying to distance herself for a few reasons. She's proven that she's not dumb. She owns a production company and she owns several properties that she could easily phase herself into. But yeah, but just for the fun of it, man, like they, they make sure to give Harley Quinn her own like little, little side plot. So she can be crazy and not pull away from the rest of the characters, which is kind of what happened in the first one. Right. As long as she's there, you're not really watching, you know, Deadshot. I mean, even though he's Will Smith, you watch him a little, but he's kind of in the shadow. And they were able to both, you know, show you these new characters where you can enjoy their antics and show you her somewhere else. And it's again, it's just good movie making mm-hmm. that everybody's used to the best of their abilities and her little love story is really super silly it's yeah it's crazy (laughs) but that's what she's supposed to be it's just kind of the she's got some kind of probability field where she doesn't get shot when everybody else does and that's just plot armor we've seen that before and i'm not worried about it but the thing is when you got plot armor and you're uninteresting people don't like you when you have plot armor and you're interesting people are glad you're not dead and that's the the that's the road you have to hope. Yeah. And and no matter how ridiculous the situation, if you're invested and you care, then it just makes it more palatable. Yeah. I, you're just uh, glad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I've got <laughs> I've got the Suicide Squad making their way to that camp and like wiping everybody out. <laughs> oh God. It's so terrible. <laughs> I mean, you're you're like wow because you get to see some cool you know butt kicking going on while this happening, <laughs> and then you find out it's the camp they were supposed to meet up with that was on their side. <laughs> and and again, like the first time you watch it, like if you're you, you don't necessarily know it's going. Maybe you're more astute than I am because I didn't know it was coming. And it was kind of like Predator where they take out that like jungle yep. camp of of contras and they you know they they throw the they take that truck and they run it in there and they they shoot everybody. And so it's kind of like that. But then the second time you watch through, you're like, there's somebody washing dishes. <laughs> there's somebody taking a bath. You know, like there are people not in not that Contras don't wash dishes, but there's something about it where you're like, oh, these people, they're not bad people. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that you've got Bloodsport and, and Peacemaker competing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How they kill people. It's just great, man. And Peacemaker jumps down off the the roof, and, and Bloodsport's got like three people on fire running around. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> How about the guy that's laying there with the sheet over him, and he just walks up with that knife or the axe goes whap 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 whap. <laughs> Not even looking at him, but he's just like passing by because he it's knows so cr- that they're watching each other. Right? They're competing. It's just hilarious, man. It's so cringy but funny. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but yeah. 
that's my next one, man. I just, again, there's so many scenes in this that are just repeatable scenes, right? Yeah. Okay, so my, my next reason is going to be the badass escape from the uh, the the armored truck. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just one of those things where, like, if this were in an action movie, it, it would be it would be a linchpin moment for your action hero. But here in this movie, it's just more grist for the mill, you know. Like, so these three guys, they're 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 tied up by the by the military, and they're being uh, taken off to go get tortured and killed. And um, it's Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and uh, and and Flag, which, by the way, Flag, yeah, it's night and day from the last one. The last one, he yeah. was either unlikable or incredulous. Whereas, like, I can't believe this guy's so naive that he doesn't realize what's going on. In this one, he's just likable. Yeah, he's a he's a member of the crew, and he cares about them, and it really, really is evident. You know, he really cares, and that makes you really like it. Whereas I hated him in the first one. I was sad to see he was in this one. I was like, man, I was hoping they wouldn't even bring Flag back. But I'm glad they did to redeem him. Right. Um, but there was this they're in this this armored car and the, the the guards are over there and you know Bloodsport reaches out to get a cigarette put in his lips and they start talking about the damn mock, you know, the yeah. the killing blow. And the guy's like, Oh, you could never be sure if you if you kill someone. And they're like, well, if you're an amateur, and then on one, one, and they just kill the three guys, <laughs> and then they, and then they, they flip the truck over, and and it's, it's just such a great action yeah. hero machismo scene. The fact that all three of them were in sync and knew exactly how how to perform this at the same time, you know. Yeah, it's like, oh, you started this speech about the Denmark. I know where we're going right. on one. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's great, man. I'm going to jump. Actually, this is kind of the whole basis of the whole movie is Project Starfish. I mean, it's one thing to name it Project Starfish and it just be a cover up name. But no, it's actually Project Starfish. Uh, it really took a different turn. <laughs> it's, it's not an inspired name, but yeah, it's right. it, it's it's definitely a, a, an accurate one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I love the alien type of uh, apparatus here where, where little starfish will come out and get stuck on your face. And you got one big eyeball now and now you're part of the starfish. And somehow the more psychic energy he absorbs from taking people over, the bigger he gets. He or she, it. Yeah. And um, it's a starfish. It's probably both. Well, it is both because, yeah. you know. Lois wanted to make sure that I that I I told everybody that you know Starro had a a big a big armpit vagina. Yeah, it did. Yep, sure did. Yeah, you look up in the sky. There's a starfish as big as Godzilla, with one big eyeball, holding out one of its I don't know what you call it arms. Yeah, phalanges. Yeah, and then underneath, all the little starfish are coming out of its armpit. And flying down and sticking on people's faces. I tell you what, as ridiculous as it is, it's pretty dang frightening to see those things falling out of the sky and just yeah. sticking on. It's pretty awesome. Well, again, you know, you see the little tendrils coming out of them, so you know they're going right up people's noses. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever watched any of those alien movies. That's scary as hell, man. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like how again taking something so ridiculous but making go ooh at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I and they basically become zombies. 
I mean, now yeah. they, you know, it's it's it turns into a zombie flick. No, let's let's like a private. Let's like a Project Starfish. Uh, I mean, like just from beginning to end, it got found in space by astronauts. Took them over. That's awesome. It came down and, and the, the the military put it in a in a in a glass jar to be uh, uh, to be studied, and they put with the thinker in charge of it, you know, like, and they put it in this awesome ex Nazi tower that everybody had been killed from the experiments they were in. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you know, from this giant stone tower in this in this tropical uh, island nation, you've got this gigantic starfish monster that's been uh, that's been taking over people for decades. That's awesome. I mean, this yeah. this villain is is awesome while remaining kind of just animalistic and not really sinister. You know, it yeah. did what it did because people made it do it. Right. Yeah. It's just protecting itself. And you know, who knows? Maybe they travel across space and conquer planets who knows right and you know the thinker says you know i call him star of the conqueror and it's 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 kind of an insult you know because yeah. he's, he's because he's trapped but well he gets his right show enough <laughs> but yeah i mean he's a great villain and he doesn't have to be you know like he's definitely not your cookie cutter villain from one of these movies right yeah again so bizarre so left field but it works. Yeah. For me, it works. No, I, I, I liked it. I, I'm originally, they were going to have, well, one of the, the, the plot lines was, was they were going to fight Superman, hmm. you know, cause evil Superman is. Well, you is, do have, you do have the line in there where blood sport is in prison because he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet. So, yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I think one of the characters in the background is like, like suddenly really impressed with him at that point. Like, you know, the, there's, there's a, he did what, you know, like, because right. he's scrubbing the floor you know, he's like yeah. getting gum up off the floor at the time. So it's kind of like this guy. Right. <laughs> Star of the Conqueror is definitely a good reason as much as my next reason, Polka Dot Man. <laughs> it's next on mine too. <laughs> Polka Dot Man's mom. <laughs> infected him with a galactic virus and he he like puffs up with these with these glowing colored dots and he has to expel them twice a day or they consume him and they're powerful corrosive explosive things uh, uh yeah the whole psychosis of him going around and just basically it's it's like henry the Seri- henry portrait of a serial killer he's just going around killing his mom all the time <laughs> yeah i mean so and he every- sees his mom everywhere and yeah I mean, he looks at the whole bunch of them at that one point, and they're, they're all variations of his mom. <laughs> yeah, it, blood, and when they're fighting the big Starro out in the out in the street, he, <laughs> Bloodsport goes, "Hey, Polka Dot Man, look, it's your mom." <laughs> that's fantastic, man. <laughs> it's I mean that's good stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, Polka Dot Man, though, I mean, like, and he's so out of. It's great to see them caring about a character that nobody cares about, and that's kind of the point of the Suicide Squad is to give them a chance right. to do something dramatic. This guy could have been in the Mystery Men, right? I mean, it's that yeah. ridiculous. I mean, even even the guy from that's in all the Marvel flicks that hangs out with uh, Radu all the time even makes fun of, "Hey, Polka Dot Man, how about you go work at my son's birthday party?" <laughs> Oh. And that's that's Sean Gunn. That's the director's brother. Oh, is it? okay. Who was also the the guy who did the the uh, 
He was the stand-in for Rocket in, Gal- in um, Guardians of the Galaxy and for Weasel. He was the oh. body stand-in for both of them. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man. <clears throat> How about... Uh, I, <laughs> I just threw this in there because it just reminds me of stuff that we love, but... Harley's big escape scene, right? When the music changes and the flowers go behind her. Then you have that one scene where she sees the javelin. It's like, my mop! Right, right, right. <laughs> like, it's just like I, Stanley Spadowski from UHL when he finds his mop. <laughs> there are a few scenes in the movie that just make it work. And that's one of them. Like yeah. that, that whole escape scene. But especially when she gets that spear. Because, you know, the spear's kind of... <laughs> Like it was given to her by Javelin on his deathbed. You know, he he's 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 dying over here, and he's like, "Take my Javelin in." And what? And what? You know, like so. So when she sees it, she's like, "Oh, I've been redeemed. I get to to do whatever I was supposed to do with this Javelin." And she just starts killing with it. Yeah, it doesn't matter that you don't know why she can kill with it. She's she went to college. She's good. Yeah, man, I just, when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's a Stanley Spadowski moment for sure, man. My mom! (laughs) 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 All right, what you got? I got Bloodsport's arm sling, where he's like slingshotting people with that thing. I mean, not just his weapons. His weapons are cool. They're like some Iron Man nanotech stuff. But like... The, the sling that he's got in his arm where he's just like pulling back and shooting people with some kind of sling bullets. It's just cool. Yeah. Everything he had was cool. Even the mask. His helmet. Yeah, his helmet yeah, with the, just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he would just like shoot and it was gone. It's like, all right. Yeah. It's cool. And it's like he had like little, little pockets of nanotech that he would like put, the, like he puts that big gun together at the end. He's got one yeah. on behind his belt and one on his arm. And when he puts it together, it all, just, I don't know how it works and I don't really need somebody from star trek to explain it to me i I just i'm glad that it was there because it was cool to watch yeah it's very cool man yeah uh i've got it's another escape from new york moment but when they've got uh what was his name the brain guy the thinker the thinker they've got the thinker up there on the rooftop and they're doing the whole if you breathe too hard you die (laughs) if you tie your shoes you die i mean it's straight out of escape from new york Right, right, yeah, and, and um, it's just another chance for the the team to be the dysfunctional family that they are. Yeah, because yeah, they're they're, they're threatening this guy, but but somebody's always got to come in and ruin it. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to be serious here, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's another one of those points where you're like, hey, does this story seem familiar to you? How about this? You know, and it pretty much is just dead on. Uh, that whole scenario from Escape from New York. So, yeah, there you go. There's another example of where they pulled the the influence from. I, I'm going to go on to my next thing, and I'm going to say th- this is a uh, this is a movie making um boon right here. The, the the director, the writer, they did a great job. They did it twice in the movie. Once where you had Team A and TV from the uh, Suicide Squad and once at, at Project Jotunheim when they're blowing up the, ch- the tower where they show you something and then they rewind and show you what was going on somewhere else. Right. Because you know the end game of the other one. And right. you're kind of waiting to see what happens at the end of that scenario. But they bring you back and they start something else over because something that happened somewhere else eight minutes ago is about to affect what you're watching there. Yeah. And 
you know, they do it with team A and team B where team A comes in and you find out they were a distraction all along. Then team B comes in and they're like, what's going on over there? Oh, it's a distraction with the Odenheim. It's the same thing where, where you got team A that goes down in the belly of the beast, find out about Starro and you end up with the fight between flag and, uh, and, and peacemaker and which ends with peacemaker with a gun to rat catcher's head. And then you've got, uh, King shark, uh, Harley Quinn, Milton, <laughs> a polka dot man, <laughs> and uh, um, and Bloodsport, you know, and 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 when things go wrong on their end, it ends up bringing those two things together, and yeah. it's just really masterfully done. Yeah, it's it's taking that the the thing that made Tarantino stand out with Pulp Fiction and all all the early stuff is exactly how this works, and. I dare say it even better because, like you said, it really ties it in a little bit better. It doesn't right. have the loose ends kind of like Pulp Fiction did or whatever. But yeah, it's 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 brilliant. It's brilliant storytelling. Very good job on that. Uh, my next one, I gotta go with Waller. I mean, yeah. she's cold, man. Uh, you want a baddie in this movie? There's your baddie. She's she she's she's no nonsense. She's there for the objective. She's got her orders. You're going to do what she says to do, or you're just not going to live. And right, I mean, uh, she is so pivotal to you caring about these characters, and you don't even realize it because she's the one that ultimately, not only the Suicide Squad, but even you and the people that work for her hate her. Yeah. Well, you know, she's got that whole, just like Peacemaker, she's got that whole, well, you know, the ends are going to justify the means. It's way more important than it gets done than one person's life. Right. And she makes that that calculus so easily that it's easy to hate her and it's easy for her to just be the villain that you can't, right. you can't commiserate with. Right. She's just so bad. Yeah. So you got to have them. She's a great one. Plays the part well. You know, using... You know, Bloodsport's daughter, you know, as as a pawn to get him involved and stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. Waller's a great villain. You know, more more than Starro. Starro's scary, but Waller is effective. Yeah. And she yeah. would have been she would have been totally effective if it hadn't been for the people in her office clubbing her in the back of the head with a golf <laughs> club. She was gonna she, she was gonna kill everybody you care about in this movie. And somebody else had to stop her. You know, they, they couldn't even fight her from where she was. Right. She had the bomb in their in their skull. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's or spine. Cool. Um, yeah. The, the next reason I've got is the fight from Peacemaker's helmet. Oh, A Peacemaker's yeah. helmet, you know, gets 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 pulled off his head, and it's sitting in the floor. And Flag ends up saying, "You know what? I'm done with this. I'm I'm tired of being on the wrong side of things, and I didn't sign up to be." the guy who lies about my, my country doing terrible things to people and they're going to know. And he goes and gets that, uh, that hard drive. And the reason peacemakers there is the, the insurance. And right. he's like, can't let you do that. And they get into a fight. And the beginning of it is this artsy, um, um, reflection fight from, from peacemakers helmet where the two of them square up and it's yeah. reflected in the, in the, the, the Chrome, uh, clean luster of, of his helmet on the floor, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I, I don't want to get into artsy reasoning, but you know, it's kind of a, like peacemaker's helmet is somehow like a, like a gleaming 
you know, bright, you know, visual of this whole thing when really he's not. So who knows? I don't know what they were thinking, but it was cool looking and I liked it. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the human bullet from the tick. <laughs> Fire me, boy. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's like, you got a toilet bowl on your head? And he's like, it's not a toilet bowl. It's a beacon of freedom, which was in the It's a beacon line. of freedom. <laughs> it's a beacon of freedom. All right, I got one more. And we kind of tapped on it a while ago, but they killed Milton. <laughs> You've got this guy that's been helping him throughout the whole thing. He's just kind of an extra hand. He drives them places, picks up a gun, helps shoot people from here to there. He gets capped. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, they killed Milton. Everybody's like, who's Milton? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that man's like, I really liked him. <laughs> And nobody can even place who Milton is. <laughs> Are you kidding? He's been with us the whole time. <laughs> oh, that Milton. 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 <laughs> well, they have to look out in the, in the aisleway and, and see his dead body and they go, oh, Milton. That, that Milton. Oh. <laughs> and to, tap, uh, to top it off, you got the very last scene where Harlequin looks at <laughs> Bloodsport and says, Maybe we do this again, Milton. He's like, I'm not Milton. <laughs> yeah, we had the conversation where you said your name was Milton. <laughs> it was only like three hours ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm, so my last reason, it encompasses a lot of stuff that happens right around where you're talking about. Let me look, make sure I don't have another page. Nope. We're, we're coming right on the end together. My last reason is, yet again, they make these villains into heroes. They, they disobey the orders that are going to get them killed just to go back and save people they don't know from this monster that they had no, um, they have, they have no um, guilt for making and they become the good guys when, when Waller's going to kill them. And right then you, you, you got the music from, from John Murphy coming in, you know, yep. pumping you up for this, this battle scene and then, you know, they, they break into a run going down the street. I don't know if that gave you goosebumps, but it did me. You know, they, they get started walking down the street. And then the, the people in the office are going, well, you, you got to go down this way because they got you blocked off here. And the, the people in the office of Waller's, you know, Waller's unconscious on the floor. And they start helping him out because yeah. they're good people, too. And, um, and you know, they, they just break into a run. And I, I got goosebumps. You know, yeah. they're fighting this giant monster. They've got no chance of winning. And. And uh, uh, Harley Quinn takes the high road, jumps up on a building. She realizes that the javelin will get her in there. And then the, the real hero of the day comes in. It's foreshadowing that at the end, Ratcatcher holds up her, her magic ice cream cone and, you know, does her little karaoke thing for all the, the, the rats. And I guess they're right in the middle of a jungle. So there's like a bazillion of them out there yeah. and they just swarm all over everybody. Yeah. And it's and, and again, John Murphy's got music on that. You know, yeah. and, and like the whole thing just comes together. It's so good. Yeah. It's and so good. Because she got King Shark, which we didn't even mention on our list, but I mean. Oh, man. I mean, well, how fantastic. do we miss him? Yeah. <laughs> he's I awesome. Mean, a, a definite top reason to watch this because he's just so goofy and so much fun and so dangerous all at the same time. Yeah. I mean, he can't get killed. I mean, he's. I'm sure he can, but like not yeah. by conventional means because they shot the hell out oh, of yeah. him. A they building him. fell on him and everything. 
Yeah, he. I mean, even those little those little jellyfish things that come after him, you know, the little cutesy things attack him. They're the only things that really start tearing into him a little bit. Yeah, but. I, I love it when he's trying to disguise himself so he can fit in. He just does his finger across like this, like he's got a mustache. Like, nope, still know it's you. Oh! <laughs> I mean, so ridiculous it works. I mean, but man, I mean, <laughs> he just climbs up the starfish and starts chewing on it. <laughs> you got the rats attacking, then you got Harley running with her javelin right into the eyeball of the thing, and the rats get oh, inside. I mean, that that whole thing is it's just great. It's great. It is. It's, it's, not, it's not for the squeamish. You know, it's, right. it's, it's got like a, you know, there's a reason it was an R-rated uh, superhero flick. But, you know, the gore takes a backseat to some really excellent storytelling, yeah. I think. I mean, and some great action and some fun character development. I mean, it's, it's got the whole package, and that's why we wanted to talk about it, because we yeah. were both really impressed by the movie. Yep. Lots of fun. So, you got anything else to talk about on this movie? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I could talk about it, but it would just be rehashing. All right. What I will say is is watch it. You know, if you haven't seen it, you know, even if we spoiled some stuff for you, it's still a whole lot of fun. Yeah. It's worth watching, and there's stuff that we missed. So, yeah, check it sure. out. Sure. There's so much stuff in it, there's no way to cover it all. And you're probably going to say, oh, they didn't talk about this. Yeah, we know, because every scene, every three minutes in this movie is something you can talk about. It's just that that fun of a flick. And there's characters that are side characters, I'm sure, that we missed that would be lifelong. You know, we'd be lifelong fans of down the road. It's just that kind of flick. It really, you know, is one of those things that we would look at back in the day and said, yeah, we got to. We gotta put this over here close, close to G versus E. <laughs> G versus E, man. Yeah. Anybody out there remember that? <laughs> the Pate brothers. Oh. Uh, Late nineties, mid nineties. Awesome. So much fun. <laughs> All right. With that being said, that leads us into our next part of the show, which is called Get Fat. Hi, all you sexy listeners. I'm Heather Powell from the Friday Nightmare Podcast on the Legion Podcast Network. And it's time to get fat with Ricky and Danny. Buckle up. It's going to be a ride. I might have to be excused after that one. (laughs) So there you go, folks. Heather Powell. Another member of the family here at, at uh, Legion Podcast. Super fun. Super great. Great podcaster. Uh, they've got a great show going on our Friday Night Nightmare Podcast. And I just love them folks. We got to hang out together in one of Bo's little sessions a while back. And uh, yeah, uh, Scott, the, the other host of the show, has been following us since day one. So it's always good to get these guys involved. So make sure you go check out their show. Yeah. And... Thank you for sending that to us, Heather. Appreciate that. So, we got we got uh, facts we're going to give you. And we got four, I guess four facts. We're going to tell you facts. And if you can pick which one is the real one, we give you a nice gift. That's right. This one hasn't been claimed because nobody's won this one yet. <laughs> so <laughs> We're just, we're, the, <laughs> well, yeah, we're I mean, not going to. Yeah, we're not going to change it up till we get a winner. <laughs> well, but, but people can watch this whenever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, but if you win, you get this copy. It's a Blu ray set, Stanley Kubrick 2001, Clockwork Orange and The Shining. Unfortunately, 
It's just the case because inside is a copy of Werewolf vs. the Vampire Women. That's right. You can't get quality like this anywhere else. You can't get quality. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> so, we got some facts we want to share with you. Danny, go ahead and give us some facts. All right, I got my first fact here in regards to 2021's Suicide Squad. Starro was motion captured to a specific actor's movements. Jean-Claude Van Damme was utilized to wear the green for this special effects role. Wow. Bloodsport? Bloodsport. That's right. Maybe that was why. They were like, you know, we need real Bloodsport. For the villain, too. Yeah, why not? Speaking of Starro, something that people don't know, they weren't going to use the name Starro at first. They were actually going to name the starfish Jefferson. So they're going to be called Jefferson Starfish in the movie, but they decided to change their mind and went with Starro. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> all right, um, my next fact um, <clears throat> is that all the jungle scenes were shot in James Gunn's spacious backyard. Wow. It's got to be a big backyard. <laughs> you know, he's got a big backyard. They always used to tell him that in high school, and, you know, and, and, and he used to take it as an insult, but now he uses it to his advantage. Wow. You got a big backyard there, James. Jimmy. <laughs> Been eyeballing that big yard, James. <laughs> Leave me alone, guys. <laughs> All right. My last one is... Making this movie, they use real rats. So when you've seen all the rats running and stuff, a lot of those, you got obviously some CGI stuff, but they use some real rats in this movie as well. So it's hard to pick them out, but a lot of work there. Use some real rats. They're like alumni from the Dracula movie. They covered them all in oil and <laughs> put them on a boat. Yeah, absolutely. So all there right. you go. There you go, facts. Folks, which <laughs> fact is the fact? Which fact is the fact? There you go, folks. So, like I said, you can win this handy dandy Blu ray that nobody has claimed because, you know, sometimes winners just say, you know what? Let's share that gift with somebody else. Everybody just doesn't want to get fact. <laughs> or maybe you already got fact and, you know, you don't want to get fact again. <laughs> I won't get fact again. All right. Oh. Okay, so that brings us up to interview time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a good one. All right, so here we go, folks. Everybody make welcome to the Helming Power, starring as the weasel in the movie. It's the weasel. Oh, buddy. <laughs> not, not, not that weasel. Oh, yeah, not that weasel. Uh, let me see if I can pull him up. I think I found him here. The ladies gentlemen, the weasel. There he is. Ah, oh. I, I may need to interpret this. I spent some time on Arborea, and and I speak lesser muskrat. Uh, probably it's a similar dialect to weasel. Oh, okay. We'll give it a shot. Uh, weasel. Uh, first off, how the heck are you, buddy? Tough break having such a bit part in this movie, but you really chewed up the scenes, man. <laughs> He, he says it isn't all he chewed up. Ooh. Uh, ugh. Oh. Oh. 
Good catering. He meant good catering. Okay, that that's good. Uh, what a great deal, man, to get to work with all those A-list actors. Have you ever been approached for any new acting job since the movie success? Uh, really? He says it doesn't compare with his time on the Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls? Lord have mercy. Uh, have you ever been mistaken for a werewolf in public? Uh, he says only in bed. That that was uncalled for. Yeah, uh, Weasel, look, I'm sorry, buddy, but uh, gl- glad you were here with us, but uh, we gotta go. That's all the time we have. We will check you later, man. There you go, folks. Only right here on the Hell Ming Power Hour, the Weasel. Yeah, that's a good time. I'm glad you could translate, man, because I would have never gotten through that. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was a challenge, but I made it work. Yeah, all for you, people. We'll be right back. The MCU is a big place, and you can get lost easily. That's why you have to rely on the greatest power of them all. Jart Text Transition. New York. Washington. With Jart Text Transitions. You can go anywhere from the mundane, Ohio, to the exotic, Morocco, to the amazing, Wakanda, even the farthest reaches of the universe. Asgard, with Jart Text Transitions. There is no place you can't go. Budapest. 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 Buddha. That place. This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting. But that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Alright folks, there you go. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll probably look at some newer movies as we go along here. But uh, this one was a lot of fun, and we hope that you really enjoyed it. Yeah, 
I, I hope that uh, you guys enjoyed as much as we did because it's definitely a new movie that we just enjoyed the heck out of. And yeah. uh, we think you will too. So yeah, if you have ideas for any other kind of shows that you want us to do. Yep, there he is again. It's Clytus. Hey, fellas. Hey, what's hey, going on, Big K? Hey, just wanted to ask something real quick of the two of you. Do you think you can get me in touch with this Suicide Squad? A phone number or a business card? I, I hate to tell you this, but no, we can't. Now, come on, guys. As much as I cover for the both of you, this doesn't seem like a very big request. Well, the reason why is not because of that. The reason why we can't is because Clytus, they're, they're not real. Uh, they're they're fictional characters, you know, for entertainment purposes. Oh man, well that's a bummer. You see, we got this group of Hawkmen that's been causing lots of havoc. They're even at the point of just flying over Ming's fortress and pooping in midair, letting it splatter all over innocent bystanders. <laughs> One lady got a concussion. <laughs> Have you tried using the special forces group? I mean, th those guys are pretty deadly. We tried that. Even our soldiers with the big yellow pants can't get their hands on these criminals. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Oh, I'm sorry, man. We we can't help with the suicide screen, but there is a guy who just might be able to help you out. If you want to look him up, his name is Remo Williams. Remo Williams? Yes. Hey, at this point, I'll take what I can get. I'll look him up. See you guys later. <laughs> Hawkman poopy. <laughs> Hawkman are so unruly, but man, I do miss those guys. Yeah. So, Earthlings, you think you've got it bad. On our planet, there's grown men flying by overhead and pooping on people. <laughs> so, when you think you've got it bad here on this planet, nah, it's always worse somewhere else. If you ever feel down about your life, just look around. Just don't look up. <laughs> That's all I got. You got anything, buddy? Man, you guys check out Suicide Squad. Check out our next episode. And if you're enjoying what you're seeing, just let us know because uh, it, it's a lot of fun to make these things, but it's even more fun when we know that you're enjoying them. So absolutely. Let us know. We do it for you. <laughs> Make sure to check out Legion Podcasts and all of our brothers and sisters there who help us out so much and uh, put together product for free for you and me. Show enough. Till then, we will check you later. No, no, no.